Another drugging scandal involving preschool children is brewing in New Taipei. A preschooler at a second school in the city recently tested positive for trace amounts of depressants. The sample has been sent for further testing, with results expected as soon as three days from now. The executive yuan has decided to intervene, appointing minister without portfolio Ling Wan Yi to form an interministerial task force to assist with getting to the bottom of the incidents. Parents of the affected children say they've lost much faith in the new Taipei city government. A new suspected preschool drugging scandal has cropped up in New Taipei. A child recently tested positive for trace amounts of benzodiazepines, a type of depressant drug. The health ministry has sent the child's urine sample to the Taipei Veterans General Hospital for further testing. Meanwhile, Taipei Hospital says it received nearly 200 calls from worried parents on Friday. Amid the panic from parents, the central government is taking action to assist New Taipei. Originally, it takes a week to get results, but we hope testing can be faster and we can get a result as soon as possible. Maybe we can get an answer in three days. The health ministry says Deputy Health Minister Victor Wong and Taiwan Children's Rights Association Director General Wang Weijun on Thursday held talks with 11 parents of preschoolers caught up in the initial drugging scandal in New Taipei. The executive UN's latest decision is to have Minister Without Portfolio Lin Wan Yi form an interministerial task force to handle the matter. In the conversations we had, they more or less had some criticisms of the new Taipei city government, or they said they didn't trust it. Actually, we have extreme distrust of Hou Yi. These parents were deceived and hurt, and there was even false information in smear campaigns. They were told they could get tested. The city government's Department of Health told them to go, and when they got there, they were told there were no tests for barbiturates. The fruitless trip has only been more distressing for parents. Now the central government is stepping in to assist the new Taipei government to shed light on the drugging scandals as soon as possible. Now that the government has extended the mandatory conscription from four months to one year, the education ministry has also loosened regulations relating to undergraduate studies. The goal is to let students who do their military training complete their studies faster and finish at the same time as their peers who don't do military training. Under the new system, they will be able to gain a bachelor's degree after three years rather than the standard four. The so-called 3 plus 1 plan will be rolled out this year in September. Starting next year, Taiwan's military service will be extended to one year. The Ministry of National Defence recently announced its 3 plus 1 plan, which lets university students complete four years of study credits within three years. Students can use the remaining year for military service. Whether you decide to use your fourth year for military service actually depends on the person, because in fact, some people may prefer to take on an internship or complete a project. The pressure might be even greater if it's three years, and I probably don't want to take on so many credits. The Education Ministry has come up with related policies to make it possible. They include relaxing rules, such as raising maximum amount of study credits allowed per semester, loosening application requirements for summer school, 
and increasing the maximum amount of credits allowed to be taken at partner universities. The new regulations will take effect in September for new freshmen. In order to reduce teaching costs for universities and colleges, provided students choose to take on special projects relating to their military service, each public tertiary institution will be subsidised 60,000 NT per head and each private one 120,000. In addition, universities and colleges will assist future conscripts to create summer courses, with any resulting funding gaps to be subsidised by the Education Ministry. People who don't have to do military service, such as female students, should also be able to shorten the years that they take to complete courses if they so wish. If the shorter degrees work well and are beneficial to the students, then why not allow it for everyone? The National Federation of Teachers Unions thinks that allowing male undergraduates to take on special projects relating to military service would give rise to two paths for tertiary education. It says it could also affect students' rights relating to matters such as summer internships. The union thinks the Education Ministry should draft more comprehensive policies to strike a balance between education quality and learning time. The Republic of China Military Academy celebrated its 99th anniversary with a parade by students past and present. The ceremony was presided over by Minister of National Defense Chou Guozhen, who inspected the troops as they marched. All in all, more than 1,300 students marched in 13 formations. One of the highlights was the homecoming of students who graduated more than 40 years ago. The Republic of China Military Academy on Friday celebrates at 99 years since its founding, with a parade presided over by Defense Minister Chiu Guozheng. The 1,386 students at the academy formed 13 companies. A group of flag bearers marched carrying a gigantic national flag. Every time there's a drill, our motto is, there is no best, only better. In our drills, we're not afraid of the scorching heat or torrential rain. We just keep going until the very end. Parts of the parade showed off how the school uniform had changed over time, reflecting four distinct periods. One of the most eye-catching sights was the march in files. The procession was headed by a group of graduates, wearing the green uniforms from back in the day. Their fervor and appearance made them look no different from their juniors. We've been away for 30 or 40 years. Some of us even more than 50 years. The average age of the participants this time is 58 years. The main highlight of the parade was the formations by current academy students, which now include women as well, showing the differences in the student body then and now. The anniversary celebrations were put on hold for two years due to the COVID pandemic. Now that they're back on, they were even attended by international students. This was my first time taking part. Coming here to study is a very precious opportunity. After I started learning Mandarin, I realised that this language is a little tricky. But still, I haven't given up. The academy doesn't just train military talent in Taiwan, but also students from allied nations. Marching in step, the students show their commitment to the country while showing off their sharp skills and presence. 
With the Dragon Boat Festival long weekend coming up next week, Taoyuan International Airport is beginning to see a surge in travelers heading overseas. The airport expects a daily average of 130,000 travelers during the break for a total amount of 800,000 passengers. To make the travel experience more seamless, the airport offers three tips for travelers. The first is to make use of smart check-in services such as self-check-in and self-served luggage drop queues. Also check the rules for passing through security and what items you can include in your carry-ons. And finally, sign up for eGate to clear customs swiftly. And now we meet a borough chief in Zhanghua with an eco-friendly project. Ye Shuling was a music teacher for more than three decades, during which time she raised two daughters who suffer from cerebral palsy. Four years ago, she decided she wanted to step into public service in Tianzhong Township's Zhongtan Borough. So she became the borough chief and started up a public art project. We caught up with a team of volunteer artists as they brought color to the walls of Zhongtian. Zhongtan borough chief Ye Shuling shows us the blue metal fence, her canvas. She sticks bottle caps onto it with a glue gun to create a flower. Ye and a team of volunteers have collected at least 10,000 bottle caps, which they're using to create this public art. First, they painted the wall, then sorted the bottle caps by size and shape, and started creating these arresting images. Using this eco-friendly concept, we have added some soft, beautiful and colorful designs to Ba Bao Yi Zun, which was already very pretty and lush with greenery. The paintings depict underwater scenes, rainbows and sunflowers. The series of images have brightened up walls and ditch fences all across Zhongtan. Ye has two daughters with cerebral palsy, and residents appreciate her work to enhance the borough as she takes care of her family. She has two children with the disease, but she doesn't despair over it, nor does she abandon or neglect them. She takes good care of them, and then she brings her universal love to the borough. I feel like I've been to hell, and now I'm in heaven. I will use the best possible resources or my own power to help all those who have not been taken care of on different levels. Inspired by her personal life, Ye is motivated to serve the borough as best she can in bringing beauty to the public space, supporting the disadvantaged and recycling plastic trash she believes in giving it her all. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is heading to China later this week, a trip that was rescheduled from February after a suspected Chinese spy balloon flew through U.S. airspace. Voice of America's Nike Ching reports that expectations are low that Blinken's trip will be able to reset the two countries' fraught relationship. A day before the U.S. military shot down a Chinese surveillance balloon, Secretary of State Antony Blinken postponed his meetings in Beijing and U.S.-China ties hit a new low. China's decision to fly a surveillance balloon over the continental United States is both unacceptable and irresponsible. That's what this is about. Um, it's a violation of our sovereignty. 
It's a violation of international law. After a few months, the top U.S. diplomat said it is essential for the two countries to maintain regular lines of communication. It's clearly in the interest of both countries. Um, the uh, most dangerous thing uh, is not to communicate, and as a result. To have a misunderstanding and miscommunication. The Pentagon also wants Beijing to answer a military hotline, so generals can talk during incidents like last week's close encounter involving U.S. and Chinese ships in the Taiwan Strait. Observers say, despite the tensions, both governments are trying to set up a summit. Later this year, both countries are working toward a possible meeting between、uh, Biden and Xi Jinping at the APEC、uh, meeting, which will take place in San Francisco in November. And in order to、uh, have a successful summit, if that is indeed on the agenda, there needs to be a lot of preparation. While Washington is seeking to re-engage Beijing on the issues of counter narcotics and climate change. Congressional critics are skeptical the two countries can have a substantial change in the status of their relationship. Nike Chin, VOA News. And if you're hoping to travel to Japan soon, you're in luck, as the Japanese yen is continuing on its downward trend to hit 0.22 NT to the Japanese unit. After the U.S. Federal Reserve announced that it would leave key interest rates unchanged, the Japanese central bank has followed suit. It says it will also leave its interest rates unchanged while continuing to ease its monetary policy. That has kept the yen at 140 against the greenback. Let's hear from an expert. As expected, the Japanese government left interest rates unchanged. As long as there are no surprises, such as a sudden drop in stocks or complaints from Japanese companies about depreciation, it is likely that the Japanese currency will remain normal to weak. The expert adds that the Japanese yen could fall to 0.21 NT. So, if you're heading to Japan soon, it's a good idea to get your currency exchanged while it's cheap. Taiwan's geographically highest police station on Hehuanshan recently received a special gift from South Korea: a batch of kimchi. The gift left police officers scratching their heads as to why they would receive such a package. Fortunately, it was accompanied by a letter from a South Korean cyclist who had visited Taiwan three years before. In a recent YouTube video, the cyclist explains how she and her boyfriend were warmly received at the station after a strenuous and cold ride up the mountain in the rain. Three years ago, this South Korean couple took part in an uphill bicycle race challenge, riding up mountains as tall as 3,000 meters above sea level. On their way to the finish line, they had to brave rain and fog, and they both even grappled with hypothermia. Fortunately, all was resolved when they reached a police officer. <laughs> The police officer from a station in Hehuanshan offered them hot tea, towels, and a heater to stay warm. 
The experience left a deep impression on the couple. <laughs> Though we spoke different languages, I could still feel their good intentions. So we ate a lot of biscuits. I feel like I'm indebted to them now. Next time I go, I will definitely stop there again. The cyclist says she was glad and grateful to be so warmly received in a foreign country. Now these memories are up on YouTube. She says she also got a Taiwanese YouTuber friend to write a thank you letter to the police station with a gift of traditional Korean kimchi. In the letter, the couple expressed their thanks to the police officers for their help, saying they would never forget the experience. They promised to visit again at the end of the year on another trip to Taiwan. To be honest, we had forgotten about it. But seeing the video they edited and uploaded on YouTube really touched us. I'm very happy. The police office on Hehuanshan, geographically speaking, is Taiwan's highest police station. It gets cold up there, but the officers know how to keep everyone warm. With their help to visitors, their kindness is being appreciated all around the world. And now we continue with the story of Taiwan's revolutionary circus troupe, the Formosa Circus Art. Today, we spotlight the group's founder, Alan Lin, the prodigious performer first got into the circus performance as a child when his mom was desperate to find an outlet for his unruling high spirits. Since then, he's never wavered from his commitment to the art. In the last 10 years, he's gradually built a world-class troupe of Taiwanese circus performers. Members of the group say it's like belonging to one big family. Alan Lin first got into circus arts at the age of 10 when he joined Fuxing Theatre School. I was very cheeky as a kid, so my mom was afraid I would turn out bad. So she heard of Fuxing Theatre School and she ended up sending me there. One of Lin's long-standing jobs was the bottom of a human pyramid. When the acrobats are lifted to the top, the people at the bottom must be rock-solid and sturdy. He's never wavered in his commitment to the circus. When you see a bicycle with 10 people riding along on it, then I'm the one at the bottom pedaling. The school really gave us the understanding that we have to learn for ourselves the skills to face challenges and manage them. So when I founded my own group and encountered many problems, I have always felt like I could only rely on myself. Lin founded Formosa Circus Art in 2013. Every year, it performs more than 100 shows in Taiwan and abroad and provides circus arts education in Taiwan. Its revolutionary team spirit holds the members together through thick and thin. He takes care of us just like a big brother. He's really, I don't know how the others feel, but for me, he's not just a boss. He's like a lord to me. The best thing is the friendship and solidarity we share. When we're living together, it's quite relaxed and everyone takes care of each other. The members of the group have had nine children so far and they're all known as kids of the circus. The whole troupe is a big family, happy to go the extra mile for one another. We actually spend more time with each other than we do with our families. So we all love hanging out together like family. Circus is my life. Without the circus, I couldn't be where I am today. For one cheeky little boy who gave his mom headaches, life is now about creating joy and inspiring others through art. Well, the rainy weather continued on Friday with an afternoon thunderstorm in the north. Several areas in Taipei saw more than 40 millimeters of rain within just an hour, with 51 millimeters recorded 
at a weather station in National Taiwan University. Over in New Taipei, the showers caused flooding in Yonghe District. The Central Weather Bureau says the wet weather will ease in Taiwan's north starting Saturday, but central and southern Taiwan could still see brief showers and storms during the day. The convective currents in the afternoon are very significant, especially in Taoyuan, areas north of Taiyuan, and all the way to Yilan. In all these areas, we can see that hourly precipitation exceeded 50 millimeters and even 60 in some places. Tomorrow, Saturday, we expect the front to slowly move north over the seas of the north coast of Taiwan, so the unstable and wet weather will ease somewhat. From Sunday to next Wednesday, central and southern Taiwan will be under the influence of southwesterly winds, which will bring in moisture. So from the early morning to later in the morning, there may still be some localized showers of thunderstorms. In other areas, it will be sunny to overcast mostly. In the northeast and mountainous areas, afternoon thunderstorms may develop. The rainy weather will taper off on Saturday. Forecasters say the north will see rising temperatures starting next week with more than 35 degrees during the day. Time to pack up the rain gear and bring out the hand fans instead.